It's that time, the Betting Predators Podcast, where our main objective is hunting down the best bets for you. I'm your host, Sleepy J. You guys can find me on Twitter at SleepyJ underscore pregame. Joined here by the football fanatics. I got Dan Rivera in the house, Uncle Dave, and the Hitman. You guys can find him on Twitter as well at DanRivera228, Dave underscore Essler, and Hitman428. Also got Kenzie Rivers on the podcast, Jay Smooth, Chris Dell, no Bernie Fratto this week. Didn't reach out to Bernie. I, I thought maybe Bernie would call me today. Uh, not the case. So you guys know the drill. If you haven't heard from Bernie, make sure you guys all tweet at Bernie and ask him what the hell his best bet is for the Super Bowl. Speaking of the Super Bowl, guys, this is our Super Bowl podcast, Super Bowl 55. we got the Chiefs. They're going to be playing the Buccaneers in Tampa, Florida. Right now we have a line in this game. Buccaneers going to be around plus three, plus three and a half, depending on what shops. You guys decide to bet at total 56 at pretty much most shops. There are a couple 56 and a halfs out there as well. Guys, what we're going to do, we're going to make this rather easy. Everything revolves, you know, really around the props when it comes to the Super Bowl. Uh, Everybody pretty much has, you know, their opinion on the side and the total. But it's the props that we really like to dig into uh, to go ahead and make our, you know, our money for the Super Bowl. So what we're going to do, we're going to break it down by position group. We'll do quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, tight ends. And then we'll talk some defense and, and other goofy kind of props. And then we'll give out our full game props as well. We do have a couple of best bets for you guys in this podcast. So let's go ahead and start it out here with the quarterbacks. Uncle Dave, I'm going to go to you first with this one because we know that, that you know Tom Brady and that's your boy. And he played in, in many Super Bowls. And you've seen him, you know, up close and personal, you know, in these big type of games. And I would say you're probably probably one of the guys, at least, you know, within the industry, um, that that would know, you know, what Brady's going to do, how he's going to approach the game, you know, what he thinks, you know, how does he react to, uh, you know, early game success or, you know, maybe an interception or a fumble. Honestly, if you ask me, I don't know. I have no idea. So I'm going to throw it to you first with the quarterbacks, and you can tell me what props you're looking at if you're looking at any in particular for either player. Well, I got, I got a couple that I played in. I, I think the one I have the most confidence in right now is the uh, player to throw the first TD, Brady, at plus 125. And part of that comes from there's a really good chance that Tampa Bay will get the ball first. I'm not going to ramble on. We can make this podcast two hours. Uh, but even if Kansas City gets the ball first, they can score on the ground. So, I mean, I just think uh, the way they script things out, if, if, if Tampa Bay does get the ball first, Brady at plus 125, to throw the first TD as value. Another thing I also do with Brady, Brady will lose a fumble, yes, at plus 350. You know, one strip sack or hit he doesn't see coming, and, and, and that's a and that's a done deal. And the other thing you got to consider now, I don't know if everybody's got a weather forecast, but they're looking at 75% chance of rain showers, which kind of changes everything, really, or it could. So those are a couple I'm looking at. You know, I, I might throw a little bit on Mahomes over, a half to throw an interception at plus 165, you know, he's not inhuman. And if it's raining, you know, you get a tip or a deflection or, you know, the receiver just kind of bobbles it for a second. So those are three I'm looking at playing sleepy. All right. Good stuff there from uncle Dave. How about you Hitman quarterback props? What are you thinking? Um, One of them that I did play was Brady to throw an interception. I believe I, I laid minus 130 on that Brady this year in losses they have five losses. He threw an interception in four of those games. And obviously with the spread right now and the, the money line with the Chiefs being a minus 160 favorite, we can assume that Brady, that, that 
we can assume at least that the minus 160 line is implying that the Bucks are more likely to lose than not. So I think that Brady's probably more likely to throw a pick than not. Um, I, I, I laid some minus 150 on Mahomes to have more passing yards than Brady. Uh, when I was going over the game script on this game, uh, I just have a really tough time seeing the Chiefs being able to run the ball. And because of that, I think that's just going to be pass, pass, pass. The Chiefs had the highest situation neutral pass rate in the entire NFL this season. So with that said, I, I think that Mahomes uh, minus 150 over Brady pass yards is good. Uh, if you can find some Mahomes over two and a half pass touchdowns, minus 130 or less, I think that's good. And yeah, that's probably about it for the quarterbacks as of now. All right. Solid stuff there from the hitman on that one. Uh, we have not one, but two player props here from Jay Smoove. He's pretty much going to talk about Tom Brady here, plays that he likes. Let's go ahead and see what Jay Smoove has to say on Tom Brady. The Brady over 39 and a half pass attempts and Brady over 297 and a half passing yards. Both odds listed at minus 120. Now, when Tom Brady made the move from New England to Tampa Bay, we knew it would be a work in progress throughout the regular season from week to week, especially under the abnormal circumstances this season brought with COVID-19. In some games, he would throw for close to 300 yards, while others, he barely threw for 220 while he was out there looking pretty old, while he tried to adapt to a new system and players under Bruce Arians and still trying to play to his strengths. But coming out of his bye week, Tom Brady, seemed to find his stride in the passing game the last few weeks of the regular season where he threw for 330-plus yards in three out of the last four weeks. Now Brady also faced the Chiefs during the regular season and threw the ball more than 40 times while throwing for more than 300 yards, falling just short of a win in the second-half comeback. Brady also has faced five out of seven average to below-average passing defense defenses where the Chiefs rank in this season He's averaged 39.4 pass attempts and for 296, 290.6 yards per game against those defenses through the air. Both of those averages fall just short of the prop numbers being suggested, but Tom Brady, he's a unique player because of his sample size of playing in the Super Bowl. He's played in this game nine times and has proven to perform at his best in the biggest game. Brady has won six out of his nine Super Bowls, and on his way to those wins, he's averaged 43 and a half pass attempts and 315 yards per game. So based on his performance in the Super Bowl, I think there's value in playing both of these numbers to the over. I would also consider the fact that this being the Super Bowl, nothing will be left in the tank and everything will be left out on the field from both teams. And he has experience playing against Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, so he knows he has to stay aggressive. So I think... These two props are strong plays from from Brady looking to capture his seventh Super Bowl. All right, guys, there's Smooth going to go ahead and play Brady over 39 and a half pass attempts and over his passing yards of 297 and a half. Best of luck to Jay Smooth on that one. You know, for myself with these quarterback props, you know, these are ones that I'm going to wait on and more than likely I'm going to probably just look for a bunch of middles. I, I, I see Mahomes at, at some spots. Uh, 315, 325. Uh, so maybe there's a middle opportunity there. I see Brady, you know, at some spots like 309, and there are some books out there that actually have him listed at, at like 292. 
uh, for his passing yards. So now, I haven't really played anything yet. Uh, I'm waiting to kind of straighten out my bankroll uh, for the Super Bowl to kind of get everything in order and then, you know, go ahead and fire at some middles. Uh, I particularly think that, you know, 325 yards, my gut feeling the first one for Mahomes was just to go ahead and bet the under. And I start thinking about it. And I, I, I with the, with the, with the quarterbacks in general, I really, I just talked myself out of a lot of bets, um, thinking under, uh, thinking over. And I'm just like, you know what, maybe I don't need to bet these. I mean, there's a thousand prop bets I can bet. I could just go ahead and find the middles. And if I could get the right juice, you know, I don't have to pay a lot of vig, um, you know, limit my risk and maybe I get a high reward. Maybe I'll just do that with the quarterbacks. Uh, I don't want to be attached to a whole bunch of crap. Uh, let's talk some running backs here. Dan, you have a prop that you sent. I actually like this one too. I think this one, you know, even though, even though there's a little bit of juice attached to this one, this one has a, a high probability to go ahead and, and score cash. Uh, what's your pick here for your running backs that you like? My pick is Bucks to rush for a touchdown for minus 155 on FanDuel. I was kind of surprised this was still only minus 150 territory. I would have guessed probably minus 175 to minus 200. Kansas City is number 26 in the NFL on defense at a rushing yards allowed per attempt with an average of 4.7 yards. The Kansas City defense weakness is clearly this rushing attack from the Bucks. If we go back to December 13th, that's week 13, Ronald Jones or Leonard Fournette have a rushing touchdown in every game except for the Saints in the playoffs, and we know how that went. This simply comes down to the Chiefs' weak rush defense, and the Bucks going to have multiple opportunities with either running back or another running back from the Vanderbilt, the Vanderbilt kid. I think you're going to have six to 12 opportunities between these two or three guys to score here. At minus 155, I like this bet a lot for the Bucks to rush for a touchdown. Or even Brady would score one of those, you know, dive of the pile on or dive dive of the goal line for a one yard touchdown. It just has to be a rushing touchdown. Yeah, I did see Brady to score a touchdown. His odds were I actually thought they were a lot they were low. I think a lot of these books, and I don't know, maybe hit me, maybe you can answer this. You know, typically, you know, when we're going through the season, you know, we're looking at maybe players to score a touchdown. It seems like like they're not giving you any real decent price within the Super Bowl when it comes to like players to score a touchdown. Like maybe if you go like, you know, completely obscure, uh, I could understand. But I mean, when you're looking at like Kelsey Hill, uh, even, even Brady or Mahomes, you know, all the running backs, wide receivers, you know, have you noticed like, it looks like they're like, they've, they've taken a good amount away from those props from what we would normally see during the regular season. You're never going to get a great price on those anytime touchdown scores. And the reason is because at most places, it's a one-way market. Aside from some some places like Circa, for example, that will let you bet the no on any of these players. But a lot of these places, they give a one-way market, which basically means that you have to bet whatever price they say. And there's going to be a big hold on an, on an average spread. There's about a 5% hold. And in that market, there's probably going to be like a 20, 25% hold. So yeah, you're, you're, you very rarely, you're going to find value in that market to begin with. Yeah. And I just think that when it comes to the Super Bowl versus the regular season, at least the numbers that I've seen all season long, because I particularly, I like to go ahead and, and look for spots to go ahead and bet, you know, guys to score a touchdown. It just seems like the pricing with particular players in this game um, are just they're, they're just far lower than what they would normally be during the regular season. And, and it doesn't even matter. I mean, uh, there have been games where, you know, totals have been high and I'm like, OK, Tampa Bay, you know, they're going to be in this game. They're probably going to score a good amount of points. And then I'm sitting there, I'm looking at a, a running back, you know, getting, you know, plus 180, where normally 
you know, week 14, 15, 16, or what have you, you know, they would be, you know, plus, you know, 250, 270. So it just seems like, you know, that they're really going to rake the better uh, this season. How about you, Uncle Dave? Any any type of running back stuff you got for this one? Well, the only bet I made with running back so far is Edwards Hilaire over 15 and a half yards receiving. I'll tell you why I did that. I mean, it might end up being sloppy, as we talked about earlier. But before he got hurt, he ran – excuse me, before he got hurt in his receiving yards – Consecutively here, 32, 70, 27, 8, 17, 10, 20, 59. So I think he's kind of been forgotten about a little bit. And, you know, 15 and a half yards, one screen pass, boom, done. So I did bet that at minus 125. You know, I thought Hilaire coming into this season, like if there were a couple bets that I would have made, especially on rookie guys, I probably would have put a, a good amount of money on Hilaire to go over his receiving yards for the season. And the reason being is, you know, the last thing I remember in Uncle Dave coming into this season was Hilaire in the national title game and what he did for LSU, you know, being a receiver in that offense. I was like, dude, this guy is like, you know, he's going to be something special. And it turned out to be, you know, a season where, as you had mentioned, you know, he seems like he's been somewhat forgotten about. I think a lot of it had to do maybe with some of the injury stuff that he dealt with this season, but uh, I'm not against that prop. Uh, I have two here. I guess I can I can go ahead and say Mahomes is going to be, you know, I'll, I'll plug him in here uh, with the running backs because I'm going to go ahead and play him rushing yards over 19 and a half. I think a lot of it has to do with, you know, the, the Chiefs are going to have to game plan one for, you know, their offensive line issues. They're going to have tackles out, guys moving all over the place. And I think that's going to more than likely that, that's going to screw up, you know, the timing. It's going to – I think it's going to also provide at least the Buccaneers with, you know, a, a good pass rush in this game. And Mahomes might not be able to, you know, get go left or go right if the tackles are, you know, having trouble. He might have to go forward, and I think that that might actually uh, provide him, you know, the opportunity to go ahead and, and get some decent rush yards. Now, another one I'm going to play, I started to sour on this one a little bit you know, with all the, the Clyde Edwards-Hilaire talk. But I still think, you know, that – and, and look, I I think you could probably do this for Hilaire too. Um, I, I think if you bet either of these guys, uh, you probably cash. And it would be longest rushing attempt. So I'll go ahead. I'll play Darren Williams, longest rushing attempt, over eight and a half yards. And I think the reason for this one is rather simple. If you go back and you look at what teams have done against Kansas City defensively, um, they're protecting against Kelsey. They're protecting against Hill. And they're really looking for those those players that are going to threaten them. And you can go through and you could look, uh, I believe, at like playoff games or something like that. Like Mahomes, um, I believe it was Le'Veon Bell and Williams. Um, in, in some of the playoff games, like they had like rushes that were all over like 10 yards. Um, and, and it's happened throughout the season. I believe Williams has had like four or five games where he had a 10-yard or more rush. Uh, and in the playoffs, he actually went over this posted total eight and a half yards uh, for his longest rush. So uh, I'll go ahead. I'll play that one. I'll give that out for running back. And I think you probably can go ahead and do maybe the same for Clyde Edwards-Hilaire because if he gets a decent amount of touches in this one, um, I, I think there's there's a good chance that he could probably go over that uh, for his longest rushing attempt. So I'll go ahead. I'll give you guys that. So Hitman, when we're talking about running backs, what are you thinking about? 
Well, I, pl I played props involving all of these running backs, but uh, some of my favorite that are still out there at similar lines is you can lay maybe 175 on Leonard Fournette to have more rush yards than Williams. Um, shop around for that because, like I said, a lot of domestic shops have it minus 175 at Westgate. You could take Williams plus 21 and a half. But I, I do think that the minus 175 side is the correct, is uh, the better value play for you. Um, anything involving Ronald Jones receiving, I like under. If you could find a one and a half catches up to maybe minus 165, I like that. Ronald Jones is just not the pass catching back. That's Leonard Fournette. And since week 15, Rojo has had one catch. So I think anything under one and a half up to 165 is good. And um, a little bit of a long shot play that I made was Clyde Edwards-Hilaire to get the first reception at plus 850. And the logic behind that is that the Bucks blitz, the second most in the NFL. We obviously know about the offensive line situation for the Chiefs. And Andy Reid is maybe the best of all time at designing screen passes. So I, I could just see an early screen possibly going Edwards-Hilaire, who's starting the game over Williams. So that's where I'd be going. All right. So all stuff from everybody on the running backs. Jump over to tight ends here. Dan, you have one here. It looks like Chris has – uh, Chris actually has a couple in here. So why don't we go ahead? We'll start out with Chris with this one. Let's see what he has to say. All right, Sleepy. Best bet, player prop, Super Bowl LV, Super Bowl 55. Here we go. I like and I bet Cameron Brait over two and a half receptions for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You can find this on FanDuel right now at minus 154. You can also find some lines at possibly three or three and a half at close to even money or maybe even a little bit of plus money, but I prefer the two and a half. I think we're getting a great number here, and I don't think the books have frankly set this number right. Now, over the last six weeks, we've seen Cameron Brait either surpass or match veteran Rob Gronkowski in nearly every statistically relevant category, whether it's production or usage on the field. The 29-year-old Brait has posted 18 catches for 241 yards on 24 targets and has run 113 routes during that span. Gronkowski during that span has just nine catches, 159 yards on 20 targets. So Brait over the last six weeks would double the catches, almost double the yards, and four more targets than Rob Gronkowski. And if you actually look in a shorter sample size for the last three games during the playoffs, we see an even bigger story being told here. Through the playoffs so far, listen to these stat lines. Cameron Brait, 16 targets, 11 catches, 149 yards. Gronkowski, 7 targets, 2 catches, 43 yards. It's not even close. Brait has more than double the targets, more than 5 times the receptions, and more than 3 times the yardage of Gronkowski on a similar amount of routes run. Now, the Kansas City Chiefs, as we know through our player props podcasts and columns throughout the season, they rank near the bottom of the league in defending tight ends. They have all season long. And listen to some of the receiving lines they've given up both recently and throughout the season to opposing tight ends. We saw Dawson Knox, eight targets, six catches, 42 yards in the conference championship round. In the week before that, we saw backup tight end David Njoku, five targets, 
four catches, 49 yards. Even in week 17, although a lot of the offensive starters rested, a lot of the defensive players still played. We saw both Donald Parham and Steven Anderson combine for seven targets, six catches, and 89 yards. Hayden Hurst, the week before that, six targets, five catches, 47 yards. You look almost the entire second half of the season as I finish this up here, just to show you how much I love this prop. The Chiefs have had just one game since week 12 in which they've allowed less than three catches to an opposing tight ends. Even in week 12, they gave up seven targets, six catches, 106 yards to Rob Gronkowski. And and Braid himself in that game, six targets, four catches, for 34 yards with the Chiefs being minus three point favorites here with with the Bucks possibly and maybe likely playing from behind at some point at some point of this game I think we're going to be seeing a pass happy offense as we've seen all season long these are two of the most pass happy offensive teams in the league so I really love the over here two and a half catches I also like the over on Brate's yardage I believe you can find most shops in the high 20s I see bet online has it at 29 and a half if you see Rob Gronkowski with higher reception totals and props and higher yardage totals and props those are frankly wrong due to the usage due to due to the trends we've seen not just over the playoffs not just over the last month but over the last two months of the season and I really like the tight end matchup that Braid has here in addition to his usage so best bet for me Super Bowl 55 Cameron Braid over two and a half receptions FanDuel minus 154 be on the lookout for my player props column on the betting predators website we've got a ton of Super Bowl content there throughout the week and we're going to be posting stuff all throughout the weekend leading up to kickoff we also have our Super Bowl propapalooza column with a best bet Super Bowl prop from every member of the of the betting Predators team. And just a lot of great content all around from Mackenzie Rivers, Bernie Fratto, Sleepy J, Dan, etc. etc. So, etc. So make sure to check out the bettingpredators.com website. Get your Super Bowl LV fix prop information. We've got information breakdowns on the referees, on the quarterbacks, on the coaches, you name it. Feel free to hit us up on Twitter. Check out the site. Subscribe to the site and the podcast as well. We appreciate you tuning in. Best of luck. Super Bowl 55. And also be on the lookout for Sleepy and I's Money Picks Player Prop Podcast, where we'll talk all things player props and DFS this weekend as well. All right, guys. That will be Chris's best bet prop for the podcast. Cameron Bray, over two and a half receptions. You guys will pay a little bit of juice on that one. Best of luck to Chris on that. You know, for myself, when it comes to the tight ends, uh, I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to play Kelsey to score a touchdown. Uh, if you look at his receptions for this game, I think they're lined at like eight, eight and a half or something like that. Um, that's a lot. But I mean, Kelsey's just been a monster for for this Chiefs offense over like the last five games. I think he scored, he might have scored in like every game uh, out of the last five or, or four out of the last five, but he's just been a beast. Uh, you will pay probably around like minus 150 with that one as well. Um, that's really the only thing I like for tight ends. Uh, I've been riding great for I'm going to say probably like the last three weeks he cashed a bunch of tickets for me but I just worry you know going to the well too much sometimes Dan you also have something for Cameron Bray here what are you thinking I like Cameron Bray first reception under eight and a half yards you can see that even money just depending on what shop you go to originally I gave this out over at seven and a half but eight and a half I'm actually back on the under Cameron Bray has an average depth of target of 8.5 yards for the year. He's gone over that number by the last seven. But in these last two playoff games, he's had a reception. His first reception has been five yards and then six yards. 
If you look at the Washington game, he had a nice deep pass of 19 yards. To me, it just essentially comes down to when Brady's going to start targeting Brate, and I think it's going to be early in the game. So Brate's probably going to be anywhere from five to seven yards deep, and most likely he gets tackled right away. So I think he's just going to go under eight and a half yards for that first reception. And then later in the game, I think he does pick up eventually. But for the first reception, eight and a half yards to me is just asking a lot to get nine, especially for a guy who I don't think can actually break a tackle or will be on the unfortunate end. If he does break a tackle, this probably goes over. But I like first reception for Cameron Brait under eight and a half yards. All right, good stuff from Dan on that one. How about you, Hitman? What are you thinking about? You got any tight end stuff? I played Kelsey over receiving yards, but that was pretty early in the week. I played at low 90s. If you could still get mid-90s, I would play that. And the main reason that I played it as big as I did is that by the time this game kicks off, I think that you're going to be able to middle with under possibly 106 on it. Everybody in the public, once they get involved with these props, are going to be looking Kelsey overs. So, um, th- th- yeah, that's what I did for him. And as far as the Bucks tight ends, all, all I did with them is I, I found a prop. If you could find this at the, the Golden Nugget, I played uh, Cameron Brait more receptions than McCole Hardman, minus 125. I like it up to minus 140. All right. So stuff on that one. Good find. Uh, how about you, Uncle Dave, tight ends? Your buddy here, uh, Rob Gronkowski, will be playing in the game. Not sure if you have anything lined up for him, but what are you thinking about for the tight ends for the Super Bowl? Yeah, I'm glad you guys are all talking about Cameron Bright because I, I made a bet that Rob Gronkowski would score a touchdown at plus 225. I mean, and you guys have just done it, done the work for me. He's largely been forgotten. But you look at a guy that's caught 93 touchdown passes in 131 games or 71% of his games he's scored. He has a guy that's played in four Super Bowls, caught three TD passes, and look at the other side, the defense, it was fifth in yards allowed to tight ends and seventh in touchdowns allowed to tight ends. So from a mathematical standpoint, it has some value. And I, I think what might happen here, I think when the Bucks get in a goal-to-goal situation, I think Brady could revert to old faithful and somebody has 100% trust in, and that would be Gronk. So I bet him to score a touchdown at plus two and a quarter. I like that one too, Uncle Dave. I mean, we, you and I talked about that one. I don't even know. I mean, at least 10 days ago, we were talking about that. Now, one of the things I think about is, you know, a particular player, like he comes to a team, um, to, to, you know, to go ahead and try to win a Super Bowl. And then it's like, well, do you just completely forget about that guy? And, you know, if we see Gronk out there holding the trophy up and it's like, dude, you haven't done anything in like, you know, weeks. You did nothing in the playoffs. You did nothing in the Super Bowl. Didn't even have a catch. Um, you know, and, and people just start thinking sour on you. I don't think Brady's going to do that to Gronk. I agree with you. I think he's going to go back to old faithful here, uh, especially in the red zone. But I wouldn't be shocked if, you know, if we see Gronk be used a lot um, in this game, you know, a lot more than what people think. Um, that's just my, my gut feeling, you know, when it comes to Gronkowski. Uh, let's jump over to some of the defense and, and other other kind of goofy props that we have here. I'll give you guys mine first. Uh, I actually think that there's a good possibility that if there is a turnover in this game, the first turnover will be a fumble. And I think a lot of it that I'm putting into in the stock here um, is one is that, you know, we're going to have a lot of dropbacks. And I get that, you know, there's a possibility that, you know, one of these guys can throw an interception. But I also think, you know, that there's a good chance that Mahomes might drop back. And with these two tackles, 
you know, being iffy right here. You know, I think there's a chance that he might get strip sacked in this one. Uh, we do have multiple running backs in this game that have had fumble issues, you know, in the past. So I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to play first turnover in the game fumble, and you could get plus 150 on that. I think that's a, a decent price uh, for all the variables that are in this game. So I'll go ahead. I'll give you guys that uh, as my defensive prop. How about you, Hitman? You got any defense or uh, any other screwy props you want to go ahead and give out? I really like Devin White. Under a half sack, this is at William Hill, Hard Rock. A few locals have it up as well. I laid minus 120 on this. I like it up to minus 150. Um, Devin White, I believe, is only in the 18 games has had a sack in um, six of them. And when you play the Chiefs, it's going to – I don't know how much I'd be blitzing my linebackers against them with this depleted offensive line, I, I, the teams that have had success against them, like the Chargers, like the 49ers, what were they able to do? They were able to pressure with four, play those safeties over the top on Tyreek Hill, try to double Kelsey. You know, you get the one-on-one matchups with Watkins, Hardman. If they beat you, so be it. So I, I really like the Devin White under sack prop. Oh, and also for, for the defensive props, I played no roughing the passer at minus 160. I think that's good up to minus 200. There's only been two roughing the passers in the last 19 Super Bowls. And this kind of counts towards special teams, but I, I like the Bucks to punt first at minus 120 with a lot of the logic there being that I believe that the Tampa is more likely to get the ball first than Kansas City. You know, Hitman, you brought up something that I actually had thought about that I didn't forget about, but I had thought about, you know, what do we do with these tackles and, like, the defensive line? Like, if they don't have to blitz in this game, let's just say they're getting pressure on Mahomes and they don't have to blitz and they could drop, you know, seven, eight in the back. Like, what what does that do with our handicap? Like, I think that that could potentially change, you know, a lot of things. Like, it could change – you know, who gets tackles for, for the Buccaneers. It can change, you know, how many sacks we see in the game, how many interceptions are thrown, you know, what guys are more than likely, you know, if, if, if you have a quarterback that's under some type of duress, you know, who's the player that we're going to pinpoint. So that's something that I'll probably end up, you know, reaching out to you or, or you know, talking to McKenzie or Dan. Uh, Dan's really good with that type of stuff. You know, trying to identify, like, if that does happen, you know, and we, and we notice that, maybe we notice that on the first drive and it's like, uh-oh, um, you know, like where do we where do we look, you know, for in play? Um, you know, do we look at, at certain players to go ahead and, and, you know, go ahead and target? But I, I worry about that. That was one of my big key worries is that, you know, if the Buccaneers don't have to blitz at all in this game and they could drop seven guys or eight guys in the back, um, you know, what does that Kansas City offense, you know, what does it turn into? Um, because I, I don't know how well, you know, you can ad lib, you know, in the in this particular Super Bowl where, no, it's not like you're a big favorite. This one looks like it might be back and forth. Uh, it's a short line. And I, I think you're going to have to have, you know, a lot of things scripted. And, you know, if things just don't work out and it's like, look, you guys can't run on us and, you, and your quarterback is going to have a lot of time. No, it just worries me. And, and I am worried about the Kansas City offense, um, you know, with just those two tackles. I mean, I don't know, Hitman. You you tell me, you know, as of right now, I, I think we, we should at least factor in um, I understand there's guys filling in, but, you know, from a normal setting, just give me a normal, an, 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 any number that you want. 
for for this particular injury right now with with for this for these particular injuries right now with the Chiefs, you know, would you even move the line, you know, at all because of these injuries? You know, if it was any other quarterback than Patrick Mahomes, if it was any other coach than Andy Reid, well, maybe other than Belichick or Sean Payton or those top tier elite coaches, then yeah, I would because this is arguably the worst offensive line in the NFL. But because of what they have to counter these injuries, the greatness of play caller and quarterback, then I really didn't downgrade them significantly because of it. All right. And it makes sense to me, you know, after, you know, you make that statement, it's not like they have new guys out there. I mean, it's, it's Watkins, it's Robinson, it's Hill, it's Kelsey. Um, yeah, you got Clyde Edwards Hilaire back there, but I mean, it's it, that offensive has been together long enough to, you know, where they could say, you know, here, here's the plays that we have that we can run, um, you know, and they probably have a, an entire playbook, um, you know, if, if there are issues to their offensive line. How about you, Uncle Dave? You got any defense or any other screwy props that you want to go ahead and give out? I don't, Sleepy. I mean, I got plenty of screwy ones, but we don't have all night, and I have just not really had time to dig into the defensive or special teams props. I'm going to let the market dictate and probably fire some later in the week. So I'm going to I'm going to, I'm going to leave that up to you and Dan to finish off. <laughs> All right, Uncle Dave. Uncle Dave going to stay away from the screwy props. Uh, let's jump over to – we have a full game handicap here. This one actually comes from Mackenzie Rivers. This is Mackenzie Rivers' best bet. Let's go ahead and give that a listen. My best bet for the Super Bowl, y'all. I'm going to go over 56 points combined for the two teams. Now, I like a lot of different plays around this concept – so I thought I would give you my reading of the situation, why I think this game goes over, and I hope that will inform all of the thousands and tens of thousands of prop decisions that you make in the following days. I think this is going to be a barn burner. It might be a square, but, you know, sometimes square comes through. So I'm going to go each team, whether offense is good, big surprise, look into a, a system play for the NFL playoffs that's been amazingly effective. It was 2-0 and last week. And then I'll be that. So over 56. Why? Buccaneers offense is the best in the league, outside of the Chiefs, that is. And they've only gotten better as the season gone on. Cohesion. We remember the helicopters flying over the Tampa Bay high schools in the summer with Brady and Gronk desperately trying to get work in with their new team. Well, it worked. Didn't work so well week one or week five or week six. But they've gotten consistently better against the best competition as the season gone on. In fact, since week 12, the Bucs have the highest scoring total in the league, better than the Packers, better than the Bills, better than the Chiefs. Since their bye week, they're scoring 34 points per game. If you want to look at advanced metric, EPA, they're number two, just behind the Packers, just a smidge behind the Packers in expected points added. But isn't that like a Brady team to just be a little bit better than their statistics indicate because of his ability to do all those intangible things? that just gets you that slight 3% edge on a given play that might not show up in the algorithms. Now the Chiefs. Controversial statement, the Chiefs are the greatest offense ever. It's not even close. I know there's teams like the 1999 Rams who put up all these points and the 26 Falcons, may they rest in peace, were really close to you know breaking some regular season records, but I just look at the talent and the playoff results, and I don't see who can hold a candle to these guys. In Mahomes' seven playoff games are averaging 34 points per game, and that's with the rust 
of never being in the AFC Championship game before, getting shut out in the 2018 AFC Championship game, only to score 31 points in the second half. The unusual uncomfortability of being in the Super Bowl for the first time. We've seen these Chiefs make rookie mistakes after rookie mistakes to get down big in these games, to miss opportunities to score, yet still, at the end of the day, seven playoff games, 34 points per game. It's unheard of. The Buccaneers might have a top-five defense. I think you might need a top-five defense all-time to hold these guys under 30 when they have everything to play for. So the Bucs have a good enough offense to keep it close. The Chiefs have a good enough offense to beat anybody ever. And there's this. This game is lined right around three, just above three. You know, lay some vig. In the playoffs, games lined between three and four. So three, three and a half, or four. 60% to the over in the playoffs. And that's just gotten stronger as you get deeper in the playoffs. After the wild card round, that goes to 73%. 19-7-1, and, and in the Super Bowl, 4-2 and two with an over-under margin of a touchdown going over the expected total. Why? Well, it was 2-0 and last week in the playoffs with a line around 3 or 4, 3.5 or 4, and I think both games kind of exemplified it. The favorite doesn't have enough wiggle room to take it easy, and the underdog, they're only three points out of it. They know they got to take and make some big shots to upset the favorite. That's what the Buccaneers did, throwing for that touchdown at the end of the first half. That's what I expect to see the Buccaneers do in this game. Take some shots to look at the Chiefs chinking their armor and try to make a play. So, based on that, because I think it's a shootout, I think you got to look at Mahomes over, Hill over, Kelsey over, Brady over. I think those are all strong plays. I think this is going to be one for the record books as far as offense is concerned. And my best bet is over 56. All right, guys, there's Mackenzie Rivers going to go ahead and play this one over the total of 56. Best of luck to Mackenzie on that one. We also have another best bet here from Jay Smoove. He's going to go ahead and give you guys not one, but two best bets. Let's see what he has to say. I'm taking the Bucks with the points at plus three, and I'm taking the Bucks on the money line. Now, it's pretty amazing that we've seen Tom Brady for 20-plus years in the NFL and have the success he's had throughout his career and still be considered an underdog to this point. Playing the game's toughest position, nobody has done it better than him. To say Brady's in a class of his own, it would be an understatement. And at the age of 43, he's coming off a season where he threw for 4,633 yards, which was ranked fifth best in his career, 40 touchdowns, which is second best in his career, and had a 102 quarterback rating, which was tied for fifth best of his career. Now, the biggest reason I think that Brady came to Tampa was because of the talented weapons he'd be surrounded by on the offense while having a young, talented defense filled with a lot of playmakers at every level. And that's what you need in order to beat a guy like Patrick Mahomes and his Chiefs team. Now, the Bucks' defense, they're ranked fifth in DVOA, fifth first to pass and first first to run. And the Bucks' defense should have a big advantage in the, on the offensive line-defensive line matchup with the Chiefs missing both of their starting tackles. Jason Pierre-Paul and Shaquille Barrett could be more of a factor for this matchup than Brady if they can lead that defensive line and keeping pressure on Mahomes without having to blitz as much. Now the Bucks, they also have the type of offense that can keep up with the Chiefs as well as exploit their biggest weakness, which is stopping the run. The Bills' rush attack only ranked 22nd according to DVOA, and even though they rushed for 129 yards in the AFC Championship game, 
88 of those came from scrambles by Josh Allen, and they were also without their best running back, Zach Moss. But the Bucks' rush attack ranks 10th, so Leonard Fournette and Ronald Jones should be able to move the ball on this Chiefs defense that ranks 31st in stopping the run, according to DVOA. Now, Antonio Brown should be back for this game, but even if he isn't, they'll have plenty enough weapons for Tom Brady. Now, this is also a rare instance where it's being a home a home game for a Super Bowl team with the Bucks, And they were 5-3 and three straight up and against the spread at home this year, 2-0 and oh straight up and against the spread as home underdogs, while winning those games by 12.5 points. But get this, since Tom Brady has become a starter way back in 2001, he's 38-17-1 against the spread as an underdog with 33 wins straight up in 56 tries, including a 6-3 straight up and against the spread record in the playoffs. That means Tom Brady, as an underdog for his career, is not only covering covering games as an underdog, but he's winning nearly 60% of the time as an underdog for his career. So I'm going to ride Tom Brady till the wheels fall off. Good luck. All right, guys, there's Jay Smooth. He's going to go ahead and play the Buccaneers here at plus three and a half. Make sure you guys shop around, but he's going to go ahead out on a limb here and take the Buccaneers on the money line at plus 148. All right, so that wraps up McKenzie and Smooth. We also have... A retweet army pick here. Dan, you have the retweet army pick? Yes, I do. We have BC in Houston. Brady's notorious for starting slow. Brady's never exceeded more than three points in any of his Super Bowls. Think both teams will play it close to the best early. BC thinks the weight of the moment will slow down the game and still allows for a touchdown and a field goal to be scored to catch this. So BC in Houston, our retweet army pick of the week, is going with first quarter under. Ten and a half points. All right. Good stuff from BC and Houston. Uh, the retweet army. For those of you guys who don't know what the retweet army is, um, you guys retweet our podcast. We'll reach out to you and say, hey, do you have a pick for the game, whether it be NBA, college basketball, it doesn't matter, UFC, whatever. Uh, we'll reach out to you. You guys can give us a handicap. And for some of you guys who have the uh, capability to record audio, uh, you can feel free to send the audio in. You can get your voice on the podcast or I'll read your pick. And uh, you guys can go ahead and follow BC and Houston uh, on Twitter. Uh, that's about it, guys. I'm not sure if we have anything else to go ahead and really cover in this one. Hitman, you got any final thoughts on the Super Bowl? What are you going to be doing? Are you going to be uh, in front of your computer? Uh, any wild parties? Um, what, what's your plan for the Super Bowl? Now you know what? I'm working my ass off during the two weeks leading up to it. I think I've been in Atlantic City six straight days. Just betting like a maniac all day. So, you know what? I'm going to take off live betting and I'm going to have a cocktail and I'm going to enjoy the game. All right. Sounds like a sounds like a half decent time. How about you, Uncle Dave? Are you going to get crazy for the Super Bowl? What are you thinking? I can't remember the last time I got crazy for the Super Bowl. I used to get a little crazy when the Patriots played in it a little more often. Um, and, and, and even then, I... Uh, I would just as soon probably watch it by myself. I don't do any live betting. I, I want to enjoy the game. You know, the damage has been done by the time the game kicks off. I think last year uh, I went to someone's house because and, and, my wife insisted. And to be honest, and I didn't want to go, and I knew why I didn't want to go. There was probably 20 people there, and I would say there was maybe one other person that actually knew, uh, oh, wow, it's halftime already? 
that was actually watching the game. So I would just chill uh, and watch the game and, and call it good and hope I cash more tickets than I lose. No, I hope you certainly do cash more tickets there than you lose, Uncle Dave. How about you, Dan? What do you plan on doing for the Super Bowl? I'll probably go to a little party with five to seven people who actually care about the game and just sit and watch. I'm By the time Super Bowl rolls around, I'm just ready to be entertained. Well, send me your address. I'll send you some strippers. We got some money in the, in the bank. That we can we can go ahead and send you some some halftime entertainment. For me, it's going to be the same same thing that I do every year. I've probably been doing this, I don't know, probably like the last 10 or 12 years. Uh, my best friend will come over. We'll bet all the props. We'll have all our stuff lined up. It'll pretty much just be the two of us just screaming at TV sets. Call what you want. Uh, it might sound boring, but... We have a hell of a good time. Um, it, it's it's actually kind of fun. Uh, there's nobody else involved. I don't have to li- listen to uh, some guy's goofy freaking uh, you know block pool numbers and all this other crap like that. It's we focus on the game. We focus on betting, and uh, you know we we pretty much have a good time. Uh, but that's it, guys. That's it for the podcast. I will like to say I would like to say one thing. Um, you know to to Dan, Mackenzie, Chris, Uncle Dave, Jay Smooth, Bernie, the Hitman. And also all our retweet army followers as well. Uh, a big thanks, uh, seriously, from me. Um, and I know each and every one of you guys probably, you know, thank thank each other um, that we, you know, we made it through this entire season. This isn't Ben. I mean, Uncle Dave could tell you, you know, we we we've done a lot of mornings and stuff like that where we had talks where we just had no idea what the hell was going to happen, um, you know, over the last year with sports and. You know, luckily the NFL made it through, um, you know, we were at the big game, but, you know, everybody's contributed all year long through all the crap that, that we've gone through, you know, people sitting at home, not working, um, you know, it's just, it, it's one thing after another, you know, I've had my daughter, you know, it, it seems like, you know, for a year and a half now at home uh, every single day, which is awesome, you know, being a dad, but, you know, at the same time, you know, it, it does get stressful and, you know, we're trying to work and we're trying to get things done and, you know, and Uncle Dave will tell you, you know, we, we've handicapped games and, and it's like, well, we spent an hour out of our day today and the two games that we handicapped, you know, they got canceled. And it was like you know, sometimes it gets frustrating. But, you know, for, for myself, you know, to, to our crew, you know, a big thanks. And, and you know, we do this, you know, because of, of you guys, you know, the, the listeners, you, know, you guys provide a lot of positive feedback, you interact. Then um, I know a lot of, you know, the guys within our crew. You know, I've become friends with you guys and we reach out to you and you guys reach out to us and we, we can answer your questions. Um, you know, although Uncle Dave might put you on mute for a little bit if you ask him a little bit too much. But um, we certainly do appreciate, you know, all you guys listening. And, and I appreciate, you know, the guys that, that work directly, um, you know, for the Betting Predators podcast. So uh, it's been a it's been a good year. It, it has been a good year. So I just want to say thanks to you guys uh, specifically. Uh, but with that said, guys. Uh, that's it for the Super Bowl podcast. Hopefully, you guys don't go too crazy. Don't bet too much. Um, don't get loaded and, and start, you know, going nuts on the Super Bowl. Uh, be careful. Manage your bankroll. Do the right thing. We still got a lot of stuff coming up uh, with the NBA and college basketball. Uh, you guys can find us on Twitter. Uh, myself, SleepyJ underscore pregame. You can get Dan Rivera at Dan Rivera 228. Uncle Dave at Dave underscore Esler. And you get the Hitman. At Hitman428, you guys can also find us on pregame.com, bettypredators.com. And with that said, I'd like to wish you guys all the best of luck for Super Bowl 55. Enjoy the games. <laughs>